0: Hello, welcome to Years of Hurt, a Euro 2020 podcast with me, Richard Carey. We're already one third through the group stage. Yes, match day one is over. We'll be on to match day two very shortly. But I'll be looking back at all the action, including Scotland's game against the Czech Republic. Let's start as we always do by looking at the results. In Group D, Scotland nil, Czech Republic 2. In Group E, Poland 1, Slovakia 2. Spain 0 Sweden 0 Hungary 0 Portugal 3 France 1 Germany 0 Jack Henry tries again but it could be costly because it's the Czech Republic on the break and Patrick Sheik has scored again You have to just admire the vision the skill to, to pull it off an absolutely magnificent goal Worthy grace, the occasion that is today. And we start with that Scotland match, Scotland's opening game against the Czech Republic. Scotland haven't been at a major tournament for 23 years and the last time they were at the Euros was 25 years ago at Euro 96. And when they've made it into the tournament, they never got out the group stage. Would their fortunes finally change? Schick had an early attempt for the Czech Republic, but it was well saved by Marshall. Robertson crossed the ball to Dykes, who put the ball wide. Robertson had another chance, he went to blast the ball in the top corner, but Vashlic saved it. Things took a turn for the worse as Kuffel crossed the ball and Schick headed it in to the bottom corner to make it 1-0 to Czech Republic. In the second half, Jack Henry had a shot from the edge of the box, but it hit the bar. After a bit of a defensive hiccup, Vashlik bailed out the Czechs once again. Henry had a shot from the outside of the box, but it was blocked. Schick picked up the ball and had a first-time shot from 47 yards out, and Marshall was way out of position, off his line, and the ball went in the net, 2-0 Czech Republic, a fantastic goal by Schick, one that many are already calling the goal of the tournament. Marshall got completely tangled in his net after the goal, and perhaps he has to be one to blame for that one. Dykes had a really good chance to pull one back but he was denied by the outstretched foot of Vasilic and it ended Scotland nil Czech Republic 2. Well it was a frustrating game for Scotland and possibly a very costly one as this was seen as the easiest game out of the three in their group. They had a few good chances especially in the early going but Scotland just didn't seem like scoring and Czech Republic were much more clinical in front of goal. Had the Scots picked up a goal in that first half after a positive early spell, it could have been a very different story, I think. Lack of Tierney did affect them, but they could really do with more options up front, and I think uh, more reliable goal scorers. They might want to change things around a bit for the game against England. The second Czech goal killed the crowd in the Scotland team. The pressure is now on for them to get something against England, as qualifying with three points is very touch-and-go with this format. It could be an uphill battle for Scotland who looks set to continue their streak of going out in the group stages but there is still time, maybe they can still turn things around. As for the Czech Republic, it puts them at the top of Group D, sitting pretty with England in second place and if the Czechs pick up at least a point against Croatia, and I think they might fancy themselves considering how Croatia played in their first game and how Czech Republic did they will probably qualify with four points. So, well played to them. I have to say, Schick looks a very good player. Already, I think, joint top goalscorer with Lukaku. Am I I correct in saying that? I think so. So a great start for the Czech Republic. Obviously not what Scotland wanted, but it will add a little bit of fuel to the fire for that England game. They are bottom of the group at the moment, Scotland, but things can turn around very quickly. Max delivery, Little flick. Drops inside the box. Scrinia! With a screamer! Slovakia pretty determined not to show anything but desire, heart and that they ain't here just to make up the numbers, you know. Let's move to group E now. Poland were looking to start their Euro 2020 campaign with a bang and with star striker Robert Lewandowski it seemed like the goals would be on their side. But could they get past Slovakia? In the 18th minute, Mack made a good run into the box. He blasted the ball low. It came off Chesney and went into the net. 1-0 to Slovakia. The ball actually hit the post and then it came off Chesney's back. So it was counted as an own goal. Bit unlucky, really. In the second half, almost straight from the kickoff, Poland equalised. Rebus played the ball into Linetti, who slotted it away to make it 1-1. But in the 62nd minute, Poland were down to 10 men. Krikoviak got his second yellow card and was sent off after a tackle. Slovakia made their man advantage pay. A corner came in from Mack and Skrinner stuck it in well to make it 2-1 to Slovakia with 69 minutes on the clock. At full time it finished Poland 1, Slovakia 2. This was a disappointing start for Poland who probably had high hopes going into this tournament and thought qualification was very possible. Lewandowski looked completely out of the game, and it might be down to that lack of service he gets at international level. He's not surrounded by Bayern Munich players of quality who can help him bag those 40 goals he got this season. If you picked him in your fantasy football team, you might be regretting it right now. Slovakia took the game to Poland, weren't afraid to attack, and this was a well deserved victory for them. And I'm just thinking back because I was playing a preview of the tournament on Pez, and uh, what happened? Slovakia actually got to the semi finals on that. I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to do it in real life, but that was a very good start, and this looks like it sets them up well to get out of the group stage, and perhaps they'll be a bit of an underdog team to root for. So on Twitter at YOHEuros, I was asking for your Dream Eleven of Pop Stars for this episode, and you came up with some interesting picks. David Gray said at right back Noel Gallagher, don't write back in anger. Uh, goalkeeper Kanye West, um, I suppose he'll talk himself up. I think he's more of a like a Mario Balotelli sort of style player, really. He also says JK on the right wing. And if you've seen the Virtual Insanity video, it might, it might help him out a little bit on the right wing if he can just walk up walls and stuff, or just walk all sorts of different ways and completely baffle the opposition. So I think in my team, you'd have Sporty Spice in midfield, you know, very much established the sport. But I had to have Phil Collins as my super sub for Peter Gabriel up front. Bit of a Genesis in joke there. <laughs> the other group game in Group E was Spain versus Sweden. Spain had home field advantage in Seville. While their side has changed a lot from the one that won two Euros and one World Cup, they now have a group of young, fresh faces to rely on. But could they do the business against Sweden? Well, Koke crossed the ball into Omo, who headed it down, but Olsen made a good save to deny him. Koke blasted the ball wide from just outside the six-yard box. Morata had a really good chance on goal, but he put the ball wide of the mark. Isak gave Sweden hope with a low shot. It went off Lorente, hit the post, and went back out a little bit of a scramble there. Omo had a swirling shot from 25 yards out, but Olsen dealt with it. In the second half, Morata blasted it wide again. Isak played the ball into Berg at the back post but he blasted it over and shortly after Berg was subbed off, I think because of that scuff. There was another shot from Omer, which was blocked by Danielson. Funny, we were talking about um, pro wrestling Dream 11s the other day and there's an actual Danielson who plays for Sweden at centre back. Sarabina who came on for Morata added a spark to Spain, his front post ball into Moreno needed to be cleared away by a leg of Olsen. And at full time it ended Spain 0, Sweden 0 so for the first time in this tournament we're going to have a look at the stats for this game uh, uh, uh. So Spain had 85% of the possession and completed 419 passes in the first half. That's more than any side in the competition. Spain had 17 shots to Sweden's four, five of Spain's shots were on target and just one for Sweden. Now I hate to say the problem with Spain is they try and walk it in, but it actually is true here. You know, very good at keeping the ball, applying that attacking pressure on teams, had more completed passes than any other team in the tournament in that first half, but they just don't have the end result, do they? And I think, I don't really rate Morata up front. I don't think he's a reliable striker. You know, he missed a few sitters today. You really want someone who can get you those goals. Like in the olden days when they had a Fernando Torres or a David Villa. And it's quite funny that despite the fact that Spain completely dominated the game, at least for the first half, and obviously they dropped off a bit in the second half, with all their dominance, they could have still lost this, based on that scramble around half-time with Isaac. But they have that same mentality that the squads that won the Euros and the World Cup have, you know, that keep possession, dominate the games. They just have to find that killer blow, that killer goal to help them get through. Obviously, they had a bit of a difficult build-up with the COVID-19 positive test from Sergio Busquets. they got to put that all behind them now and start scoring some goals. Otherwise, you know, We could have a giant killing here, I'm not going to rule it out. Slovakia are very impressive, you'd think Spain would get past Poland, but if they can't score, they're going to have a bit of trouble here. It was an impressive defensive performance from Sweden, Man United's Lindelof won the Star of the Match award, and Danielson at the back was also doing a great job. Olsen pulled off some great saves to keep the Swedes in the match, and they certainly had a game plan which was to frustrate the Spanish side, and it worked to a Tee. They've really set themselves nicely now. This is probably the trickiest game in the group. Uh, and now they're going to face it on form Slovakia, which may prove to be a bit taxing. And actually Slovakia seem to have more goal-threatening than Spain. It is our first 0-0 of the Euros, it had to happen at some point, and it did on the 10th game, which is not impressive as the goal-scoring run we had back at the 2018 World Cup went 38 matches without a 0-0 and there was only one in the whole tournament, that was Denmark versus France. If it hadn't been for that game, every single game would have had goals in it. So Slovakia top Group E with three points, Spain and Sweden follow behind on one point, and Poland are at the bottom of the table with no points, they have a bit of catching up to do. (laughs) Look how short Golo Kante is. He's really short, isn't he? So we've reached the group of death, Group F, and that brought us a tantalising tie on match day one. 2018 World Cup Champions France would face 2014 World Cup Champions Germany. And for a match of this magnitude, I decided to do a live watch-along on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ricardomedia. And here are some highlights from that watch-along. Oh, it's hit the ref. Stop the play. Stop the play. It's hit the ref. Usually they have to stop everything, don't they? Like, stop everything. The refs hit it what if like the ref could have some sort of invisibility cloak so they they just hit the invisibility cloak and it go right through them oh it's through it across oh it's, oh he's putting his own net oh no it's france one germany neil hernandez put it in and hummel's just hit the top well it was, i mean it went to the top corner But uh, not at the right end. Let's just say that. It was a great finish there by Hummels. I mean, you know, striker's finish. Shearer would be proud of that. Right in the top corner. Nothing Neuer could do. Literally, like nothing he could do. Went straight over him. And that is a bad one. Let's just say that. Cross in. Oh, but oh, no. That was close. what a pass back. That's like a 50-yard pass back. I think Griezmann was offside there. What was... New-, New just sort of chucked the ball out. forward. What was he doing? Like he was playing rugby or something. Oh, he, he, do you see he how... Oh, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute, right? There's a collision here. And we got VAR this shit. Because uh, Hernandez went down with his face, holding his face. But I'm pretty damn sure he elbowed Kimmich. I know, he he's pushed him over. Oh, but then he's got a kick to the face. I think they call that a Pele kick. Pogba. Oh, what a ball! What a ball to Benzema! Oh, man. He's absolutely pinging them in today. That should have been a goal. That was such a lovely through ball by Pogba. Has he got enough space for a shot? Yes! Oh, what a goal! What a goal! Fair play, mate. No. Oh, no, 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 no. Get the VAR out. Come on, get the VAR out. What's going on? That was such a great finish. It's like, nope, it's not a goal. Maybe just be better for just cancel offside so we could have great goals like that. Oh, hello, the magic sponge is out, people. Oh, the magic sponge. Oh, Pogba, what a ball through that is. Is he onside? I'm not sure. He's going to play across to Benzema. Who puts in a net? Does it count? That's the question. I think it does, you know. I think it is an actual goal. I tell you what, it looked like he might have been offside there, but I think it is a genuine goal. No goal! It's not Mbappe's night. Two disallowed. One goal disallowed. One goal he set up disallowed. How annoying is it to have Mbappe in your fantasy football team? Like me! I've got Mbappe in my fantasy football team, and this game is conspiring against me. It's a screw job, I tell you. It's the Munich screw job against Mbappe. So France narrowly squeaked it 1-0 at full time. I've got to say the French really deserved to win. Very impressive indeed at the back. It looked like a brick wall back there with Varane particularly having a good game. He never seems to be like he's under any pressure, does he, Varane? He's the coolest count on the pitch. Then you've got all those excellent balls from Pogba and the blistering pace from Mbappe, who was unlucky with the two disallowed goals. France played on the counter-attack and it worked a treat. Even Griezmann was back in his own half a lot of the time. Germany were struggling to get into the French box and really trouble them. I think the lack of presence up front, which they used to have with like a Miroslav closer, is missing. Naby really struggled in that position and I think the way they dominated the game, they shouldn't have too many problems breaking down the likes of Portugal and Hungary. But you can see that you can set up with a game plan that works against the German side. So I do expect others to copy France's tactics and try and frustrate them. Group F also saw Hungary face Portugal. For Portugal, this was a must-win game as they still had to face France and Germany. With quality players like Ronaldo, Jota, Diaz and Fernandes, there were high hopes on this Portugal side. But would they prevail in Hungary's backyard? So before we talk about the match, it's important to note that the Puskas Stadium in Hungary actually had a full capacity crowd. More than 60,000 fans were in attendance. The reason why the stadium was full is because of Viktor Orban, who's the controversial Hungarian Prime Minister, and that might be putting it lightly. He has been compared to the likes of Donald Trump, and he's very nationalist and right-wing in approach. But he is a big football fan and wanted to make the most of the Euros being in Hungary, there are an average of 112 COVID cases a day at the moment in Hungary, so it hasn't gone away, so it is a very much a political decision. I'm trying to resist making any comparisons to this Hungary team, to Mussolini's Italy team from the 1930s. That's probably unfair. In the match, Ronaldo had a chance from six yards out, but it skied over the bar. Fernandez had a decent pot from long range, but it was saved by Glassi. Sean picked up the ball on the right, he cut inside, struck the ball low and it went in at the near post. The assistant referee, though, put his flag up after the fact and the goal was ruled out for offside. It's funny that nowadays, because of VAR, they have to wait until the the play is finished to put the flag up to say it's offside. Shortly afterwards, Guerrero had a shot. It took a big deflection off Orban, not Victor, but Willy Orban, and went into the back of the net. 1-0 to Portugal. Orban completely lost his head as he fouled Rafa Silva in the box and gave away a penalty. Cristiano Ronaldo stepped up and put the ball into the bottom right corner, 2-0 Portugal. That was Ronaldo's 10th goal at the Euros, which makes him the record goalscorer at the competition. But Ronaldo wasn't done there. After a lovely 1-2 of Rafa Silva, he went round the keeper and slotted it in to make it 3-0 Portugal. And that's how it finished. Hungry nil. Portugal free. Well, it looked like Portugal were going to waste this golden opportunity up until the 80th minute of the game. And when that Hungary goal went in, it looked like it was all going horribly wrong. But three goals in 10 minutes made it look comfortable in the end. Hungary completely switched off after that first goal. And if you missed the last 10 minutes, you basically missed everything. Ronaldo thoroughly deserves a record of highest score at the Euros. By the time he gets to the end of this tournament, he might have an unassailable lead. Who knows, he might even play in the next one. Bad news for Hungary this is, it's a 3-0 loss that puts them at the bottom of Group F with 0 points and with a mountain to climb having to face Germany and France. Germany are in third with no points but with a better goal difference, France in second and Portugal top the group, at least for the moment. So I thought I'd look at the best 11 of match day one and here's my pick. So I've gone for a 3-4-3 formation, in goal I've got Olsen for Sweden, did a great job against Spain. In defence, I got Varane for France, the brick wall. Lindelof for Sweden, and Tyrone Mings for England. Mings had a really good game. In midfield, I got Calvin Phillips for England, Wayne from the Netherlands, Pogba from France, and Mac from Slovakia had a really great game against the Polish. And up front, this is quite difficult to choose up front, but I've gone for Insigne for Italy, Lukaku from Belgium, and Schick from the Czech Republic are very close to putting Ronaldo in, but really he only played well for that sort of last 10 minutes of the game. But obviously he's going to be someone to look out for in the tournament. That's my team of match day one. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know your teams at YOHEros on Twitter. So thank you for listening to the Years of Hurt podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at YOHEros. Our next show will be after England versus Scotland. We'll have all the reaction to that. Until then, I say goodbye.